Welcome to the very first episode of Pods and Pie. <laughs> we are honored to have the man, the myth, the legend, Josh Bouchard. Thanks very, for joining us. Very kind. Thanks for having me. Do, uh, uh, yeah, and it's, it's sponsored by Domino's. Today's sponsor is it's brought to you by Domino's. They, they don't know what that. What kind of Domino's today? Uh, well, we got regular and we got thin crust. All right. Thin so crust. It looks like some pepperoni and sausage yep. and then just a pep. Love it. What do you want? I'll take both. Both. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's, he's the food guy. He's the food guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There you go, man. So when, oh, when Brent and I, so Brent, why don't you give us some context on Pods and Pies, the name? Yeah, so Pods and Pies. So um, this is, I, I work at a company called Victig. Um which, you know, part of the, you know, anyway, we, we do background checks for employers, but we, we built an office and it's just, it, we built it out of uh, shipping containers, you know, and another word for that, you know, pods, you know, these little pods that we just stacked up and, and so we're actually in a pod right now um, and uh, just doing this little podcast. Recording a podcast. In a while, podcast, while in a pod. Pie. And pies. So pizza, hopefully, you know, pizza is going to be a part of every single episode. With freaking Josh Bouchard. Yes. Yeah. I, I do have to say, you have to see this place. The containers are incredible. Yeah, we should post up like, you know, if, you know, when we post these videos or anything on LinkedIn, um, you know, we'll probably, you know, share the share it all, you know, share it when we share it, but put some of the pictures of the containers and actually kind of put a little bit more of a, you, you, I know visually you can see kind of the, I think it's cool, you know, the coolness of this pod and, yeah. and what we're doing. But it's amazing. All right, give us your top three travel destinations. Because oh, wow. you've been around. Uh, We've had conversations. I know places you've been, so I want to know if you can narrow down your top three travel destinations. All right, top three. Yep. Right now, it's your Switzerland. House, your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I'm a sixth generation. Beauchard in Provo, okay. and uh, the Beauchards came from Switzerland. So I, I went earlier this year before all of this COVID mess, and uh, just loved it. We went and skied and had such a good time. So that's top one. Switzerland top number one. Number one. Okay. And for you go ski. Oh. You go during the. The winter was just amazing. Yeah. They don't know how to get into the lift lines. We do it so much better here, but <laughs> but other than that, it was brilliant. Uh, two, um, Italy, uh, okay. San Gimignano. That's on my list. Any of the, just the Tuscany, uh, it's just so good. Driving and just getting around and seeing the countryside. And if you, uh, if you can ever go, go see the Porsche and, Mer and uh, Lamborghini factories. Those are legit. In Italy. In Italy. Yeah. Just incredible. The, Here's the Ferrari factory spotless i mean really? it is like it it's a showpiece a showroom yeah and just so so good that's awesome all right and then uh third is uh punta mita in mexico this uh that's like your yearly vacation yeah right? okay yeah, punta mita where, where yeah, yeah give me where is that so that seems more reasonable I, that's a i can get there <laughs> i could get there yeah. next week well if it was open <laughs> So you, uh, you fly into Puerto Vallarta, 45 minutes north, and uh, you're in this little town that's basically blockaded on both sides. And it's, it's kind of this island-ish feel where they, they kind of box you in. And they have, uh, they have the Four Seasons and other uh, hotels there. But we just have this little house that we go to and walk down the path and go surfing. And uh, it's my escape from reality. Yeah. So surf, like you do, that it's a good surf location. Yeah, yeah they have uh, great waves, and you can go in. And um, just north of there is uh, Sayalitas, where you can like learn how to surf. And so it's it's perfect if you're great or uh, just getting going. I did my first surf, actually like vacation in December. Went to Costa Rica, and um, went down. By, you know, Haco was a city that we went to. And it was crazy. Like I didn't know this, but I went with a, a couple guys. You know, when one of the guys' wives came and my wife came, and I didn't really know. But when we got there, it, it dawned. I mean, I knew we were going down to, for a vacation, but it, it dawned on me when we got there, we were surfing. 
Like we went to pick up surfboards. That's all we were doing. Like every day was every, all the plans were planned around surfing. And I'm not, I've never surfed before, but I can see after that trip, hundred percent why surfing and going to a surf destination surfing, it was amazing. Like it's just, people love that. Getting out on the water, I, just when the sun's coming out, it's just, yeah, a little bit of alone time. When yeah, you're out there exactly. And then uh, everyone gets out there, and it's fun to, to hang out with everyone. That's awesome. How many, how many compliments a week do you get on your hair? <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. Every time I see you, I just, I just envy and I want that. Look who's that talking, Danny. Well, I mean, yeah, that's actually a good point. Hold on, it's a good point. No, I mean, the his flow, is longer he, and flowy. I know, that's what I'm saying. That flow that he has, I just see it. And every time I'm like, I want to grow my hair out. But then I, I try and I can't. Oh, no. It is amazing. It is amazing hair, but it's true. You, you, you both are like hair dudes. <laughs> so I get zero from girls, which, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the deal is there. That's right? interesting. And lots of guys are always like, dude, I like your hair. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's like a non-sexual crush on your hair. There you go. There you go. I like it. Okay. Is it always the same length? Do no. you try to keep it? I mean, has it been longer than this? I no, imagine this it's is, been longer. This is getting long. So this is getting yeah. long. Yeah. It, it's usually shorter. And over yeah. the past 10 years, it's grown. Have you you're, done... You're have you, for your quarantine cut. Yeah. No. Have you exactly. done a professional mullet? No. I mean, just something where you just go a little high and tight, but you keep the back. I'm just wondering if you could pull it off. With all the stuff you got going on with work and I don't know, man, I'm just saying professional mullet might be something to just push that envelope and just see what kind of response you get. So I was driving down uh, 8th North um, a couple days ago and I saw Todd Peterson driving the other way in a purple Porsche and it was GT3 RS and now I'm like, okay, but who's driving it? That's what I like. I like cars and then I like to see who's driving it. And he has this. He has the professional mullet going on. Oh, I mean, yeah. It looks really good. Is, was he wearing a hat? No. No, no hat. hat. Whoa. That's oh, saw. that's interesting. Like, okay. He pulled it out. Your professional mullet. I love it. The GT3 it. with the mullet. And yeah. I mean, you can't get better than that. That's actually very true. Right? Yeah. And once you Dude, if you have a professional mullet driving a Porsche, uh, I don't. <laughs> so I, I, no, that's I actually uh, I wrecked a Porsche in high school. But I've not wrecked any Porsches since. And so, you know, once you drive a Porsche, all other cars are ruined. That's true. Hey, and so, and just so you know, I, I knew that Josh was a Porsche guy. I'm a Porsche guy. So I, I, I hope that this conversation is somewhat, you know, revolves around Porsche. I mean, you already mentioned you went to the factory. I was going to jump in and see. I've never been to a factory. I want, I want to go to Stuttgart. Yeah. And I want to, I would actually love to buy you know, buy something yeah. and do the European delivery, go there, pick it up, drive it around. Um, it would be that one of my, that's a bucket list. One of my dreams is to do that for sure. But anyway, one of my good buddies, that's our pact in 10 years to go to Stuttgart. And yeah. Do the, do the tour, do the tour, pick up the car, pick up a car, drive it. And then you take another car, not yours around the track. Yeah. You can do that, but then you just take off. You just whole vacation, and then you then you drive it to the dock, and you just drop it off, and you're done. Where's that factory at? In Germany. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You can go that's see awesome. uh, AMG Mercedes factory while you're yep. there. Why not? Yeah, see everything. Possible. See see everything possible that you can there. Yeah. Okay. So. By the way, hold on, stop, stop. Yep. What was the Porsche you wrecked? So it was a oh, yeah. 914 2.0, and I was a little aggressive and uh, came around. I totaled it. But oh my. Like, Whose was it? Mine. It was your okay. Yeah, I, uh, I I know my dad bought it when I was sixteen. And yeah. And I did everything I could to work to buy enough to get enough money to buy it from him. And then uh, right before I went on a, a mission, I totaled it. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> that was that was what <laughs> I was going to pay for my mission. Oh, that yeah. didn't happen. That didn't so. happen. Dang, that's funny. That's good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So take a bite. While I'm, while I'm asking this question, okay? Get some food in you. So give us, give us a, a history on Josh Bouchard, right? Where you grew up, how you ended up uh, at Four Foods, now Savory, um, what you were doing before that. Give us that, that history lesson right there. So I, growing up in Provo, um, 
I feel like I had a huge advantage because my dad was a serial entrepreneur. I mean, just, he did everything from cinnamon roll shops to snowmobile company to um, general manager of Cellular One back in the day before his AT&T doing yeah. cell phones. Um, mortgages to uh, real estate. So he did everything. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is what you do. You just start businesses and you go. And uh, the other thing about him is um, he also did backflips on skis, so I thought that was a normal thing, too. Okay. So he's a daredevil. But quick time out. You can still do a backflip on skis right now. I can. Yes. But only because I thought that's what was normal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can. That's it. That's great. I can't do one. That's amazing. <laughs> bull crap, dude. That's bull. No way. You can do that. No way. So I grew up um, just pretty much doing everything, and my dad would always include me on what he was doing, and I was a snowmobile guide for a couple of years in Park City when he was doing that. And um, I went on a mission to Los Angeles where they have lots of cars, and so I'd ride down every car that I saw. And I decided when I got back going to college that I'd open a car dealership just because I wanted to be around cars. So, And um, back, what for the Utah people, I mean, what school were you, Provo High? So I went to Tim View. Tim View High. Yep. Yeah. And then what, what year? 98, graduated. Finished 98. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Had a good experience. I, I loved Provo. It was, it was a great one for me. And then uh, I decided to stick around. So I went to UVU. <coughs> sold 58 cars, or sorry, 78 cars through my, my dealership that I opened, going to school full-time and having a full-time job as a jeweler. So I was just trying to do everything. Did you say jeweler? Yeah. <laughs> I made rings. Okay, okay. I know. So you're selling cars. I the bills. You're selling your, you set up your own dealership. Uh-huh. Selling cars, jeweler, in school. Yeah. yeah. Dude, heck yeah. Married yet? Uh, yeah, so I, a year and a half after I got the mission, then I got married, found Andrea. We met at uh, Deer Creek okay. Boating, which that's you right. don't typically find your wife boating, but that's a good place to do it. Yep. There's a pro tip right there. <laughs> um, yeah, All those young entrepreneurs go exactly, to the yeah. go to the lake. Was your hair just as long no, back then? Uh, it was no, shorter I hair. I didn't know how to do it back you then. Okay. Yeah. I just wore a hat every day. Wow. So, um, loved that and uh, took an opportunity. I got into insurance. My dad said, hey, you should get an insurance. Every insurance guy I know, all they do is golf. And I said, okay, <laughs> this is for me. So, got into insurance, managed an insurance agency in St. George, which then... I didn't love because I, uh, I could never make everyone happy. No matter if I saved them a million dollars on their policy, they're still paying $2 million. It was a necessary evil. Yep. So that was a little tough. So I said, all right, insurance isn't for me. I took a position with Access Point in 2006, and that was um, in Lehigh in the tech center with two buildings back in the day. And uh, there wasn't one restaurant in Lehigh at the Thanksgiving Point exit. And um, so we did uh, builder services, so post-construction customer service. So basically we worked with builders nationwide, and uh, we did an insurance portfolio that managed the subcontractors. And so I helped a bit on that and moved into customer service and moved into working with builders like um, the Maloof brothers who own the Palms and Trump. We did Trump Towers in Vegas. and. Oh, that's awesome. Um, just projects across the, the U.S. We had 1,500 home builders. So I, I love that. Um, and so Access Point was Andrew Smith's company. So I worked for him for three years, and uh, I went to lunch with him once during that time. And he was busy and making things happen. And, and uh, so he got out and said, hey, let's go do restaurants together. So it was he and I in his basement in uh, Highland, Utah. And uh, that's how we got going with Four Foods Group. What was, so, yeah, well, what Four Foods, what was the, I mean, originally what, what was the concept? I mean, you say, okay, well, let's do, re- I mean, you said, let's do restaurants? Yeah. Like, you're not, you opening yours, building yours, buying them? Or, I mean, kind of what was the? So, Andrew on the side when he was uh, at, at Access Point said, hey, I'm just going to throw some money at, uh, at Neaters. He had a family connection. And so the first Neaters in Lehigh, he did and said, hey, this is pretty fun, actually. So when he got done with uh, Access Point, he was just kind of in between figuring out what he was going to do next in technology, um, because all his exits have been in technology. And then he said, well, what's missing from restaurants is that technology piece, you know, structure on growth and um, just organization of the non-obvious. And uh, 
so he said, hey, I'm going to keep going. So he built the second and third, and he was planning on doing 10, and then we got to 50 with meters. So Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, four foods group days were fantastic. We're, uh, that's no longer, and now we're uh, savory. Yep. And uh, the Savory Fund was created to help entrepreneurs who are restaurateurs um, be able to grow and scale. What, what they don't know is that they're missing everything. When you're at five units, you're like, oh, I'm crushing it in restaurant. This is amazing. And what you don't know is getting to the next level is just extremely hard to do. Yeah. So that's what uh, Savory does. We have a platform team that does marketing, finance, facility management, um, operations, everything, technology, and uh, then we partner with really good restaurant brands and then grow them and scale them. Yeah, so you, you know, you say partner, what, like how do you invest into, I mean, I know you, you own, or own, I don't know if that's the right word, but you, you partner with some of the ones around our area. Um, is Mobetta's one? Yeah. So Mobetta's, okay, R&R Barbecue, R&R Barbecue Swig, yep. is that it? That's it. So in between that, so we sold Neaters and then we. Okay, so you sold you sold the Neaters restaurants, kind of sold the. And it, how did you get you sell them back to the own like the, yeah, the like kind of the managers or certain individuals or. Yeah, the original franchisor. Okay. To uh, continue the the steamship that uh, it was, and so then they uh, took them and and took them over. We actually moved on and did. Um, we bought forty two Little Caesars in the South, in Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana and grew that to 72 and then sold those off as well. So we decided we don't want to be a franchisee. Uh, we don't want to be a franchisor. We're going to just own restaurants. So that's what we've done. We've uh, we partnered with uh, the, the founders of R&R, we partnered with the founders of Mobetas and partnered with the founders of Swig. And uh, you know their involvement has been paramount to our success, but they couldn't have done it without us as well. Yeah. And then what kind of, I mean, what, what do you look for? What, I guess, what, is it just random opportunities come and you kind of sit down and like, actually, that would be a good deal. Or is it much more strategic than just timing? I don't know. I just, it's kind of curious because there's so many, I think there's a lot of good places around, you know, a lot of good places that have one location. You know, I think like my buddy owns a, uh, ice cream shop. I think it's the best ice cream I've ever had, but I don't, I mean, and he's been in restaurants his whole life and in in food, but he's only like one spot and it's just, you know, he's opening a couple more, but I don't know. It's just interesting how there's so many of those little ones. Yeah. He'll appreciate the plug. What's the, uh, (laughs) the uh, Rockwell. Oh yeah. Rockwell. So good, good friends of mine. Oh, they're fantastic. They're fantastic. And the guy knows he, he's amazing at running that place and he's he's up he's had a couple opportunities to open different things and um but i just can't imagine i know for a fact if he i don't know i just know i mean he could it could blow up but it's just interesting i don't know if he would want to franchise it or just own everything and just build organically and naturally but it's in anyway so mentioning that i just was wondering like what time is it just timing for you guys you're, you're explaining the perfect scenario because he's going to get to the point when um, he's going to have to decide, am I going to franchise this and create a system and, and run it that way or invest all my, his money into people and systems and process and technology to grow or is he going to take his money and figure out real estate and how to get to the next level? Yeah, That's the hardest part. At, what we do is we look from uh, three somewhere around that unit count of three to 10, um, looking at that, and that's where our sweet spot is, is coming in and helping that, that uh, owner who just, that next level is, is a bear. It's, it's really tough. Well, and because when they're, when they're being successful in the beginning, they're getting hit up all the time, I imagine, by yeah. just, I mean, probably some douchebags that don't know what they're doing, they just think exactly. they know what they're doing, and, and then also by real serious people. Yeah. And I just, it's well, and, in, I, and I've seen, I've heard it from him, and it's just interesting that they don't need the money. That's not what they need for growth, and yeah. that's what everyone wants a piece of them. Saying, "Oh yeah, okay, here, here's five million, and yeah, I want a piece of that." Yeah, but that doesn't help them in one bit. So that's why that's interesting. That's why yeah, savory is such an incredible concept, uh, is because we bring the expertise in allowing them to get to the next level and putting in pieces that they don't even know they need for scale. Yeah, that's so cool. 
So what's, yeah, so your, your three to 10 shops, like who's going out and finding these? See, you I have an employee that's like, hey, I ate it. I ever. ate it. This little joint. Oh, dude, in. yeah, Josh just has to go like, eat at places. Like, hey, honey, do we have to go eat exactly. every night of the week? Yeah. We got to have ice cream every night of the week. I got to find a best place. That's actually, sweet. yes. Right? Yes. That's a good job. That's a great job. <laughs> that's great. No, we, we really, we scour the market. We look for, um, you know, trends in the industry, niches that, that haven't been filled. Uh, we, we are really trying out a lot. And um, before COVID, it was it was interesting because everyone feels like, you know, they can't. They can go to any PE or capital group or friends and family, and they can get money to grow. Um, but what they realized during COVID is they needed structure and systems and process and technology to make this all work. And uh, the same restaurants that were asking for eleven million dollars for their brands, um, you know, five months ago, are now coming back saying. Hey, we have uh, four four weeks left of cash. What can we do? Yeah, right. It's this has been really difficult on the on the restaurants in the industry who don't have the the pieces in play to to make actionable decisions instantly. And that's the biggest piece is we have a team that goes, okay, put this in place, start tomorrow, do this, right? And and that made a huge difference for our brands yeah. during this COVID crisis. So that that's a perfect segue. So COVID. Yep. Um, how did you guys do? How did you survive? Because a lot of people got closed down, right? Yeah. Everybody starts pivoting and doing curbs, curbside pickup. Um, every time I drove by a freaking swig, the line was <laughs> crazy, dude. And like, oh, I'm, I, when crazy. I say this, this is this is since this is for reals. My wife, I think, would have gone crazy without swig. Teaching the kids from home, yeah. doing homeschool, <laughs> and not being able to go get a drink. Yeah. That was like a lifesaver. Yeah, there was, uh, th most people who were coming once a day started coming three times a day. <laughs> yeah, for real, for sure, yes. Uh, yes. They're pushing 100 ounces, <laughs> at least. It, 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 was, it was incredible, but so we, we put the pieces in place to allow for that speed of service before any of COVID happened, right? And so you, you see 20 cars in line and you go, oh, that's gonna be forever for every car is 137 per car. And so you can get through the line in six minutes. It's pretty amazing to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but that's what allowed for our success is the right pieces in place to make that happen. And most, most restaurants went, okay, COVID's happening. We don't have off-prem or third party. We, we don't have a omni-channel solution. What do we do? Uh, maybe we should just close down because they saw their, their uh, sales decrease 80%. And there wasn't, you know, for the first couple <coughs> of weeks, you look at that and go, you can't make it. Yeah, how you, yeah. You can't make it when the cash flow is like that. Yeah. So what was, when, when this hit, right? It's like, hey, we're going, locking down. Yeah. Like, just personally, what was your first thought? Like, what were you thinking? Were you thinking in your head, like, we're going to be fine. Yeah, like, we no. got everything set up, we're good. Or were you, was there a moment where you were like, crap no I, I went to a ACG conference on March 10th which was my birthday and that's the only reason I remember that I came back the next day and at that at that conference that night people were saying oh yeah this is uh, there was you know P guys from Cal California and New York and they were saying I don't know if I'm gonna be able to go back to my office because of this COVID thing and I'm going what are you talking about and uh, did a ton of research that night went the next morning for an 8 a.m. meeting at Four Foods Group and talking to our, uh, our leadership team saying, no, oh, this is huge. This is going to impact everything. You have no idea how, how strong this really is. And uh, that the next day, um, the, the Jazz came out talking about their players who had COVID yes. and everything changed, right? Yep. And so um, for us, it was, all right, let's take action. There was never a, a day that we didn't make things happen and, and work our guts out to, to figure out new solutions. Um, so Andrew and Greg uh, came up with this brilliant idea to uh, start a foundation called um, Relief Packs. Yep. And it was reliefpacks.org. We worked sleepless nights and weekends to, to get the website up and all the systems in place to let that work. But essentially what that did is allowed for um, us to help the community and I think that's the piece that really saved our restaurants. 
Yeah. Is we were giving away a lot of food. There's a lot of donations coming in. It made such a big difference with um, people who are furloughed and firefighters and nurses and the hospitals. And you couldn't believe what it was like taking relief to these people who were on the front lines, making it happen. Yeah. Um, or going through really hard time. There's a lot of people in crisis. And um, for us, that, that giving back to the community paid itself back a hundredfold. I mean, it was, it, th there's another tip for anyone. I mean, give back to the community. It makes a difference. Yeah. And what was the name of that one? Uh, it was Relief Packs. Relief Packs. Yeah. So essentially, you'd, uh, you, we, we built a $50 meal and um, made it for $25 to give away to, to uh, families of six or eight. And uh, it, made, it made a big difference. That's awesome. amazing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised, right, when everything hit, and then all of a sudden it, was, it seemed like it was, oh, next day, relief packs are up, yeah. Four Foods is killing it, doing all the stuff, getting these sponsors. Right. It was awesome. Yeah, for us to, to not have, we didn't have any furloughs, we had no layoffs, we opened three restaurants during this COVID time. It, it was a lot of work. Dude, that's that's impressive. Yeah. So we just, we kept going as if, uh, I think... You know, our foundation was the, the piece. We have the financial pieces in place, and then we have the uh, structure and, and um, you know, process in place. And for us, it was, okay, let's gain market share. And, uh, you know, it, things are easing up quite a bit, and you're seeing restaurants yeah. open again. Yep. And we're finally able to go sit back down in restaurants that we want to eat at. And we're, we're excited for the future. A lot of restaurateurs now understand all that it takes to make things happen, and it's it's not just money. Yeah. What's, um, <clears throat> if you had to pick one restaurant in Utah to go to, like, you know, I, I'm not, you, this is the one you're not going to give up. You can give up all the other ones, but you're not giving up this one. You know what? Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure you've eaten at a lot of great places, yeah. but when we're talking Utah. And it can't be Swig. It can't be Mobetta's. Yeah. No, be yeah not, not one of the partners, not one of the brands. Just one of the. Uh, if I'm with my kids, Taco Migo. Okay, <laughs> take take kids to Taco Migo. Yep, and my kids call it Taco Friends. So. Okay, so. <laughs> which one? Which location? Yeah, two locations: Pleasant Grove and Orem. Yes. Um, I like Orem. Orem's my Orem, too. Yeah. Okay. Orem's a little better than the than the. It's the, like our constant when we go to the lake. That's where we go. Taco Migo. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Okay, but that's. That's no a, kids. Take your wife. Yeah. Take, take the Porsche. Take the kids out of it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> take out. You got the Porsche. This is date, this is date night. Yeah, this is date night. I don't know. That's a really tough question in Utah. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to eat some more pizza and get Ooh. back to you. Oh my gosh! I thought I really thought <laughs> you'd ha I really thought you'd have one that you'd be like, okay, probably well, so this. I know it's a tough decision. You know, here's my dilemma. I I go to. We're in Arizona a lot and Colorado and, you know, kind of the mountain west of, of restaurants. And you go to a, any Fox restaurant or any of the restaurants in Scottsdale and just they are so good. They're, they're steps above what Utah is. And, and I would think it's kind of that same thing. Like they're, they're two years ahead of Utah. Uh -huh. and if you go to Idaho, <laughs> Utah's two years ahead of Idaho, right? So I don't know. It's just it's comparison. To it's tough, huh? Yeah. Culinary dropouts and. True Food Kitchens, like I'm just in love with those, and Joe's Farm Grill and Gilbert. Just, I love the the experience and the ambiance and the feel. Dude, I love food. I, we need. I just need to go on vacation with you, <laughs> when, or, or get a job at Savory. So, I, come, come dude, I want to go. I want to go. You just dropping these names. I'm like, just, I'm loving it. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if there's one in Utah that that really captures it yet. I think we're we're still a year out. And you're going to fix that. Are you going to fix that? Yeah, that's good. We're trying to bring those here. So with, with concepts, you have three right now. Obviously, you want more. Cause, so let's, let's, let's back up for a second. So it used to be Four Foods Group. Yeah. Where did the name change come? Why, why to Savory? So for the past 10 years, uh, we've been working away with banks to try to make things happen. And uh, try explaining to a bank that you want to grow restaurants. And they look at you as, uh, yeah, okay, you're going to land on the moon too. So um, what Andrew did is he created uh, this opportunity with Greg Warnock at Mercado Partners. Yep. 
um, they uh, started racing cars together and you know formed a really good friendship and and uh, Andrew said hey why don't we go out and get private equity money take that money and go buy brands that need help scaling and uh, were the industry leaders and being able to help them scale and then go and, and take those brands to the next level and uh, Greg said let's do it so that's where the idea came from because that yeah that happened before I mean you were still four foods and this was yeah. all happening yeah right the savory fund yeah is that right right was already set up so two weeks ago the savory fund closed okay so uh, during that time we we're we we're still making things happen as four foods group um, but uh, the the new view and focus is uh, the savory fund taking uh, the capital that Andrew and Greg have raised from um, from investors and uh, institutional and, and family and friends and they've uh, they built a 90 million dollar fund and so they're going to take the 90 million dollars go grow the three brands R&R Swig and Mobetas and uh, go acquire some really good brands out there and we're, we're in talks with uh, a lot of great brands we we've basically had a list of a hundred restaurants that we want and uh, done the due diligence to try to get them understanding why we're important and we're down to um, about 10, 10 brands who want to be a part of what we're doing and see the vision yeah and uh, working out the details there and these aren't specific for the region right no, not Utah yeah. I mean that doesn't from California to Cal Florida right now okay we're, we're negotiating on brands so and uh, the Florida one's going to be a little tougher to do, but uh, we like what we see there. And California, everyone wants uh, some California goodness coming this way. Right. Yeah. Okay. So to, were you involved in that process, like raising, like how involved were you with that? So because that piece is very interesting in the fact that I don't like, okay, we're, we're setting up the savory fund. We're going to get investors. You got 90 million. Like where did those people come from? Who said, like, who's like, yeah, let me. I want to get in on this. Like, where where are you raising this capital to get ninety million dollars? Yeah, this is a this is a fund that um, that is really pushing the boundaries of private equity. Everyone's doing real estate. Everyone's doing, you know, they're talking about doing uh, you know, all these small companies and building them up and getting them to the next level um, in tech. But no one was talking about how to do it in restaurant. And and restaurants are an eight hundred fifty billion dollar business. It's um, pretty incredible how big uh, the industry is. And there really aren't a lot of people who are trying to help people who have created an amazing brand get to the next level. And that's, that's where it started. And that's where people are seeing, okay, there's, there's uh, money to be made in um, doing restaurants the right way. And um, so I, I actually wasn't involved on that side of raising funds. I, I was head down, focused on HR. You're, you're out there eating at restaurants, <laughs> trying all the food. Exactly, yeah. eating at restaurants. No, I, my, uh, my focus is, has been with our <clears throat> operations team from facility management, right. um, ops, new store openings, um, human capital, our HR, working with our, our POPs team for recruiting new hires into our brand so that we can continue to grow, working on the technology to make it all work, and then uh, vendors, contracts. That's actually my favorite thing to do is... is uh, is negotiating contracts. I, there's something about it that just I can't get enough of. <laughs> I, I, I love it. It's like it's like a movie. You're you're getting you know plot twists and turns the whole time <laughs> before you get to the end of that contract. But it's just I don't know what it is. Uh, it's it's my favorite thing. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um. So we got three brands right now. I mean, you're not going to tell us what brands you're looking at, <laughs> which is fine. I can't. How many? do you expect to have or do you want to have by the end of this year given covid and the slowdown of everything like has how many do you yeah. expect to have by the end of the year um i would say three brands in before the end of the year for okay. sure um i think our, our team has range they they understand all aspects of how to help these brands and as we go out and we'll go do a due diligence trip fly down eat the food spend a day or two uh really seeing what it's like. Do you need any extra pallets? Yes. To taste need, the food? We need taste That's <laughs> all we need. Dude, they just need taste testers, dude. <laughs> sign me up. But yeah, we'll, we'll go down and do due diligence trips and um, 
just experience everything about it, talk to customers, talk to the, the leadership team and the management teams and understand what their needs are. And uh, we have a team of about 10 people who just put a program in place on what they see in how they could build that brand. And um, within those 10 people, we have uh, five people underneath them helping that process as well. And so um, our team of, of 60 people is, is pretty impressive. I mean, they, yeah. are, they are industry consultants, essentially, for each aspect of the restaurant um, ecosystem. Okay. Yeah. How big are you guys trying to grow each brand? And, and if, this, if this isn't what you're trying to do, let me know, right? But you had Neaters, you grew it, you sold it. You had Little Caesars, you grew it, you sold it. Yeah. Same for... Yeah, I, I think that's the other. The I mean, is that is that the idea? Is that yeah. when cool. when Swig and Mobed like when they come on board, are they they know like, hey, you're gonna help us grow this. You're gonna help us get to where we need to be, want to be. But we know that that is gonna come to an end at some point. Yeah, there, there's restaurant groups out there who are much bigger than us, and they don't want to play in the five to fifty space. Um, they okay. want to take brands like uh, Capital Springs, Carp Riley's, Catterton's. They want to take their private equity and grow it to the next level from 50, 100 locations to 1,400 locations. Gotcha, okay. And so those are the guys really um, looking at the next steps, and we don't play in that space. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we've defined where we're at, what we're good at, and um, there's lots of opportunities when you get to that size and um, you know brands are kicking off 10 million in EBITDA. That's a good place to be, and, and for us, um, that allows us to then go back and pick up five more brands and grow them as well. So that's kind of the, uh, the strategy behind what we're trying to do. Okay. I love it. I love it. Hmm. What else you got? I want to know what Porsche you got right now. Um, what do you, what do you, um, do you have a couple? My dream was, and this was probably 20 years ago, after I wrecked my first Porsche. Sorry, we went from more, I'm sorry, I'm, back, I'm going <laughs> back to the cars. I know we're talking yeah. business here. After I wrecked my first one, I said, because oh, my dad shared it with me for a while before I, I, I bought it from him. And then I said, okay, well, now my mission in life is to buy him a Porsche. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of feel bad that I wrecked, you know, this one. <laughs> it was it was beautiful. It was such a good one. What was the color? So it was Nepal orange. Oh, my gosh. It, it was orange. just uh, what was cornered yours? like a crazy. What Mine? Color? Yeah, what orange um, is yours? Lava orange. Lava orange. That's the mod. That's the modern orange. Yeah. Yeah, but this is a seventy-five. Yeah, seventy-five a, Nepal orange. Yep. That's what that's. So then, um, uh, so I just said, okay, I'm buying my dad a Porsche. And, um, Dr. Hershey back in the day in Provo used to drive his um, his Porsche Turbo as red, and then he had a Turbo S, and so I'm like, yeah, that's the one. So um, now I've kind of moved past those model years, the 993s and 996s, and um, so. He and I actually bought a 991 together, and uh, it's just uh, a Carrera S. It had all the specs we wanted, aero kit and chrono and PASM sports suspension and everything on that side of things, and it's um, this really brilliant blue. So I don't know. It, I'm really happy with what I have right now. That's good. Yeah. So that's the only one you have right now? That's it. That's it. Um, what Do you know the specific blue? Canary. <laughs> not 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 a fancy old Porsche. No, it's a it's a metallic uh, something metallic blue. Yeah. So good. It's kind of a it's almost like let's say BYU blue. Yeah. You know that, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's it good. It's really yeah. Pretty. And it's that's manual. great. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay, so there you go. Yes. You understand? Yes, I understand 100%. I owned a, just sold, but I owned a. Um, GT3 Touring, Lava Orange GT3 Touring. Oh, yeah. So I bought, I bought that in 2018. They just sold to a guy in Florida. But yeah, that was a you know deleted wing. It had every everything you could possibly put in it um, for a GT3. But yeah, manual, no wing. It was phenomenal. In uh, 2008, I drove my friend's GT3 RS, and it was white with black rims. And back then, no one had a white with black rim car. And that, that just sealed the deal for me. Mm -hmm. So, 
Just Porsches, trends. dude. Come on. Josh Bouchard setting trends. He said, White cars, yeah, always. Black rims. Black rims. No, Danny, you, and before my before that one, I did um, also owned a 996. It was a 2003 996 uh, turbo. It was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. It was, it was actually phenomenal. My business partner owned it, sold it to me. After he upgraded to a you know, 991 um, Golf Blue, picked it up. That He did a European delivery, but... Yeah, so I had that for a while, and that was an amazing car. Yeah. The best part about it is that I actually keep it at my dad's house, so it's in the third car garage. There's no kids. You don't have any kids. Yeah, dude, no one's going to hurt it. No one's going to ruin it. Yeah. Oh, and, kids uh, are the worst. He says he drives it, but he doesn't, so I don't know. It's, uh, how, how close does he live to you? Well, he's in Provo, Mouth of the Canyon, so it's a perfect place to pick it up. And yes, perfect place, yep. Go drive awesome. up the canyon. Yeah, not too far out of the way for a good drive, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, this has been great. So we are going to be ending every episode with some questions. Okay. Maybe some would you rather questions. <laughs> so we're not we're not talking business anymore. Okay. We're gonna have a little fun here. Um so if you want to take a bite before you get into these yeah, questions, I mean that. you've had like a half of a piece eat up. Okay. <laughs> we got a few here. We have we have one I think that we'll probably ask every time. Every, do we have one? Well, I think it should be the. Should it be the? Should yeah. we just start that one every Let's time? Okay. Yeah. Let's start it. Okay, so <clears throat> this is this has been ten, maybe even fifteen years, as a debate of a would you rather. But I think it's just anyway, kick it off with would you rather take a Barry Bonds home run swing. To the middle of your back, and I'm talking. You know, this is a heyday steroids. Steroids, dude. Steroid ta- taking a taking a ball over the fence into the into the lake or into the ocean, right? Well, their their stadium was on like the the bay right there, okay. right? Yep. I mean, just home run swing or a Tiger Woods driver to the shin. I think I think uh, shin. I can do it without oh. my leg. Shin. <laughs> so you're going shin, not. I think Barry Bonds is going to put you in the ground. You think he's going to kill yeah, you? I think that's your. So job, you think severed spine? Yeah. Like oh, we're yeah. talking severe severed spine or, or internal bleeding, Absolutely. you die. Okay. He and Mark McGuire. I mean, they would just. Dude, oh, it's true. Well, you know what's interesting? Yeah, Barry Bonds home run swing. I mean, I do recall he had a shorter bat. It was a light bat. Very short, light bat. Barry and Mark McGuire was like, I think it was a heavy, he was longer. He was, yeah. And um, and so anyway, my my choice is Barry Bonds, but and I won't get into why. But it, it I, I start to go into the weight and the speed and like, okay, can I flex my back muscles? You know, just can I can I absorb it? Uh, maybe I walk away with a couple broken ribs, but I I I think I'm gonna be okay. I don't think I'm gonna be paralyzed. And I've had back injury, and I've had I've had times where I can't walk, back injury. I don't know. I think I go with the back, but anyway, that, that that's a good that's I'm good. A back All right, guy. shins. I'm a back guy. Plus, you can say that uh, Tiger did that to you. Yes, yeah, true. It's, it's, tiger, I had to amputate my leg because of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Um, who would win in a fight, a gorilla or a grizzly bear? This came up in a text thread. Yes, oh, just so the other day. It was perfect. So gorilla, just the biggest, meanest gorilla you can imagine. Silverback, we're talking, yeah. we're talking Kodiak grizzly. Yeah. Big mean sons of bees, dude. I've never seen a gorilla in real life, but I've seen a bear, so I would go with bear. Bear. Yeah, yeah I, I like it. I like the grizzly option. I think I'm a Kodiak grizzly, for the win. Would you rather be alone for the rest of your life? No. Or, <laughs> Ooh, okay, yeah. he's already answered. Uh, okay, next. I wish I could come up with something better. Or always be surrounded by the most annoying people ever. Yeah, I, I'll be surrounded by the most annoying. People most annoying. Ever. Okay. Yeah. So you. Because at least I can laugh at that. Yeah. It's annoying. It's not laughable. You're, you're just gonna be in a bad mood. Internal all laugh. Man. All right. Would you rather know when you're going to die, or how you're going to die? When? When? Yeah. Okay. I can make that work. Yeah. Okay. I think I would take that too. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I, I th- that's a good one, but I'd, I think I would take the win. I think I would. Just to know. Yeah. 
you, you got you, you can prepare. You got a lot of stuff going on. You get, get stuff ready. Would you rather be put <clears throat> in a maximum security federal prison, prison, all the criminals, the bad guys, bad guys, for a year, or just in a relatively relaxed prison for 10 years? This is like where your CFOs go, like when they launder, you know what I mean? It's like, so it's like, like, like federal, like on a like a, you're talking like a federal sure. prison where there's TV and you're hanging out. I don't know. There's some bad people out there. I'd go 10 years. Ten the years. I think 10 years, dude. <laughs> 10 years. The Ten years. I love it. Uh, did we just call ourselves pussies? <laughs> we can't handle, yeah. we can't handle the, we no. can't handle the prison. Oh I my can't. gosh. I don't think I could. 10 I years. Birdie made off. I can't, yeah. yeah, let's just exactly. go with the, the yeah. The Ponzi scheme dudes, wherever they're at in federal prison, we go learn something. Yeah. Uh, would you rather sell all of your possessions or sell one of your organs? Uh, one okay of your organs? Organ. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, I'll you'd only sell organs. one that you can lose and still live, right? Yeah, or, you can still live. I'm not saying it's going to kill you. It's just a... Just one of your organs that you can live without? I give blood, so it's kind of the same yeah. thing, right? Can I? Can we don't? Can can it be like donated to somebody that needs the organ? Or are you just like I just sell it and get money? Well, you don't get anything. You're just well. No, yeah, I guess you're getting money. Yeah, because you're selling. Yeah. All right, organ. Or yeah. that's it. Organ. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. Would you rather be reincarnated as a fly, just landing on crap all day, right? <laughs> Or just cease to exist. Yeah, I just want to make sure <laughs> we know like what, what you're doing. Reincarnate as a fly. Or as a fly, or just cease to exist after. Uh, there's no afterlife. There's nothing. You're just it's done. It's black. Or you can come back as a fly. Yeah, I'll take black. Black. Okay. It's just it's done. Worst. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready. I mean, what are you doing as a fly? I mean, can you think? Like, do we, what if, what if you can know, talk dude. to other flies and you have relationships? I'm just wondering, I mean, can you have relationships, have fun? I mean, the other, there's gotta be some weird things that flies do. Or are they I'm just sure that they dumb? Are. I don't know. I think they just die. That's yeah. It. Then you're gone anyway. Housefly, horsefly. What kind, I mean, what, do we get a pick? No. Just fly. Just, just housefly. Just it comes, just housefly. Whatever flies are landing on crap all day, you're that fly. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. All right. Would you rather be transported permanently five year, 500 years into the future or 500 years into the past? Five hundred. So fifteen hundreds. Like where? I'm going future. That's going to be a crazy time. Yeah, I mean, you might. It might be like the past at that point. Yeah. Go back to. I think I'd go. I think I'd go in the past, dude. I'm pulling a Marty McFly. I'm gonna <laughs> bet. I'm gonna. There's got to be <laughs> some history back. that I could bet on, and I could just win. Like I know everything coming. I know everything coming. You're good. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Marty McFly on that one. <clears throat> All right. Would you rather wake up each morning to find that a random animal appendage, appendage has replaced your non-dominant arm okay, <laughs> or permanently replace your bottom half with an animal bottom of your choice? <laughs> <laughs> you got me. So you that. have no idea what's on your non-dominant arm. You might wake up with a fly arm. You might wake up with a shark fin. It could be like a... Oh, yeah. You might wake up with a grizzly. Like an elephant tail? Hey, elephant. There, there could be some use on that. You might have something. Or you get a pick like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go for a horse. I'm going to be... So you got to have... From the waist down, you're talking another animal. Yeah. But you get a pick. You get to pick that. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with you get a pick. Yeah. You could find something that could make it really fast or short. <laughs> So it's just a random thing. Like no one, there's not like a person choosing what. No, no, you wake up, dude, and it's just you don't know what. It's you don't know what it's going to be. So there's a chance that it's actually co something cool. Yeah, but that's gonna like, go a lobster, after a day. like a lobster, like a lobster or something. Yeah. But it's going to go away after a day. What do you mean away after a day? Because it re replays every day. It's just random. You oh, you said every day. Oh, I thought you meant for like the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. Yeah, every day. Um, okay. Every, every morning you wake up, you got a new appendage. You could be a horse man. What do you call those guys that are half horse, half dudes? Centaur? Yeah, like, you see them in like Narnia or like some of the movies? Yeah. 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 It's a good one. It's good. It's good. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. All right. Two more. When you die, you pass away, would you rather your family find you on your bed surrounded by adult toys? 
<laughs> or drugs. And that's how your family, <laughs> that's how your family's gonna be there. Be like, oh my gosh, Grandpa was an addict. Did of you see some sort? <laughs> wow, <laughs> I've never heard this one. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with drugs. Drugs, okay. What would you do? Was there a question in my voice? <laughs> drugs? Dr- drugs. What kind of drugs? Like, what kind of drugs? We're talking weed. Man, Grandpa. You we're know, talking. The, I mean, we're talking like heavy meth. Stuff. Yeah, sure. I mean, everything. just everything. You're talking everything. like all the drugs. Like you got all of them. You got. So is it, okay. Yeah. So it's a. You got it all. It's a cocktail of just about every. every yeah. Just hard. So oh, it's either dude. like, man, Grandpa was no, but in severe pain. We know how he died. We know how he died. Or it's like drugs. maybe your grandpa's like, man, I think I'd do. A cool, I like, think I'd do toys. I think I'd do adult toys. I think that'd be a better story for the family. Because they wouldn't tell like the drug side, like uh, no, they, they would, would. They would be embarrassed of that. But I think the I think the Deltoys might help them with that. Might you, coping. Might, I don't that, know. They get better that stories. Into the obituary, like yeah. we found him around doing you know his favorite stuff, exactly. adult toys. Yeah. Okay. Last one. That's good. Would you rather be the most famous writer of erotica magazines, or be known as uh, for writing every Nickelback song? <laughs> Look at this photograph. <laughs> I'm going to take Nickelback. 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 Oh, uh, okay. Look at this photograph. Okay, that's it, man. Thank you. That was the worst question. No. <laughs> the Nickelback. last one. Yeah. Nickelback. The worst. How do you pick? Uh, yeah, I don't you can't. Know. Yes, just you just don't answer it. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Bouchard. Thanks, Josh. I remember the color. Sapphire blue metallic. Sapphire there blue metallic. Go. Yes. Sapphire. Okay. Savory is it just savory? Savory management, savory man. What? What's what's yeah, the official the savory fund? Savory now, fund. You now work for anybody who is a four foods group employee now works for the savory fund. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Swig, Mobetas, R and R, all amazing. Thanks for the support. Uh, look out for. Look for yeah. Look for the takeover. Yeah. The takeover. Yeah. Savory funds taking over. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. I love it. Watch for the Own up. Okay. Guys, thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Peace. Cut. Um. <laughs>